Well, Happy New Year, everybody, 2024. Can you imagine? Here we are, January the 4th, the Feast of St. Elizabeth and Seton, and we begin a new year together. We're glad that you are here. This is Father Larry Richards, and you are with podcast Anchored in Hope. And so we begin this year, we begin this podcast in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Great God of love and mercy, we ask your blessing on this new year, that this would be the year we fall more and more and more and more in love with you and more and more and more in love with your people that we would stop arguing about your son and we would just start letting your son live inside of us, that we would stop being hypocritical and pharisaical and we would truly just be disciples, disciples who want to give you glory, Father, who want to live your will every moment of every day, that want to point people to you, as did Andrew today in the gospel. Help us, Lord, to always do your will and to be your instrument of salvation to everybody we meet. We beg you these things, Father, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Happy New Year again, everybody. It's very, very good to have you with us again. And um, as always, I prayed the Divine Mercy Chaplet. If you see anything online, if you follow me in any way, I showed it to you that uh, I prayed for uh, everybody. Beg God's mercy on the past year. Beg God's mercy on the present. And beg God's mercy on the future. And so... Uh, that we always uh, need to do. I'm just looking up something here on my Twitter feed, but it doesn't seem to be up to date. I don't know what's going on. I placed some on here this morning. Yes, okay. So anyway, so uh, I go to bed early now. So I woke up at 11.45 at night, went in my private chapel, knelt down and about uh, three minutes to midnight start saying the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Uh, so I was uh, actually saying the chaplet at midnight and then I finished it in the new year. And I do it every year, again, just to beg God's mercy on the past, the present, and the future. And then I went back to bed. Uh, I didn't watch anything or see anything. It, um, I just think that it's always best to start and end with God. So... Uh, if he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the end, then it's uh, a great way to begin and end every uh, new year with the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, begging his mercy. Again, not just on me, but for all of us. We are all in such need of mercy, um, especially as we begin this new year with all the killing again we saw in Iowa there was a mother shooting in a in a in a school first day back all the killing in the world and the wars that we need God's mercy so much 
And so to, to really be begging God's mercy on the world is a fantastic thing that we can be doing. Anyway, so if you watched Mass this morning, I know I'm a lot in the morning. Yes, I know. You can always tell uh, on the looks of some of the people's faces who come to my daily Mass when I get all animated. Um, and this morning we talked about uh, John chapter 1, verse 40, uh, about how Andrew... It says, he went and asked Jesus, you know, where do you stay? And Jesus looked at him earlier, and it's before uh, verse 40, and says, come and see. And he came and spent the day with Jesus, him and another disciple. But then he didn't just stay there. He went and brought his brother Simon, who would become Peter, to Jesus. He brought him to Jesus. And so I talked about this morning how we need to be bringing people to Jesus. And then, of course, I never just leave it there. <laughs> I always make the other thing. So Christianity isn't about just you and me following Jesus and having my own spirituality and me looking at Jesus and him looking at me back and me just having his great thing and look how holy I am, look how great I am. This has nothing to do with Christianity. Christianity has to be when you come and you become a disciple of Jesus and you spend time to Jesus, you want to bring other people to Jesus Christ. That's the point, you know. So it, it finds out if our spirituality is authentically Christian or am I, am I authentically a disciple? Do I go out and want to bring other people to Jesus so they can live together? Do I just want everyone who doesn't agree with me to go to hell for all eternity because they're all evil and they should go to hell and da, da, da. That's just not even a person that's Christian. And yet, this is where so much, so many people are are in the church today. I just saw uh, yesterday that uh, uh, a professor at Franciscan University said the Pope should, dis, uh, should step down. I'll tell you who should step down, the professor at Franciscan University. That's a Catholic school. It was always one of my favorite schools. And if they're letting people preach there that the Pope should stand down of all places, they have left the true faith. And so if we were more concerned about bringing people to Jesus and trying to dethrone the Pope, we would be a fantastic church. But what we have become are these people that are only focused on my spirituality and the people who agree with me. And we all do it. I do it. We all do it. I get it. But we have to always come back to what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Well, of course, first of all, it means that I have surrendered my heart, my life to him, that he's truly the Lord of my life, that he has saved me, that he is in charge of every part of my life. I profess him to be my God and my savior. And so that's where again it begins. You know, it's hard to bring other people to Christ if you don't really know Christ. huh? That's why Andrew had to spend time with Jesus. And then when he got that experience of who Jesus is, and when all of us get to really spend time with Jesus, not just um, talking to him, but abiding with him, abiding in him, uh, listening to him, experiencing his love, then we know it's authentic because we want to bring everyone into that reality. Huh? And so we got to be sitting there uh, and doing these type things that 
if if you were to drop dead tonight, God forbid, unless it's his will, and uh, you stood before God and he asked you, did you bring anybody with you? Is there people right now in your life that could say, I know Jesus Christ because you, your name, uh, introduced me to him. He brought me or she brought me to Jesus. Huh? It takes us uh, to the next level where it comes from disciples. And uh, to be a disciple, and again, if in your heart of hearts you say, I, I, I don't know if I brought anyone to Jesus. Well, you're not dead yet. That's why God had you turn in, tune in today. So a priest could sit there and challenge you to do more. Uh, let's none of us be people that just complain and oh I do it I know I know I know it uh, to just complain about the people that aren't doing what they need to be doing but people who are more busy about bringing people to Jesus uh, and introducing people to Jesus huh it's always been my life goal and uh, again I don't do it well sometimes I know and sometimes my personality gets in the way <laughs> I know it um but it all begins with, you know, like I told today, like what we'd focus on this afternoon is how do we bring people to Jesus, okay? So the first thing that to do that is we got to make sure that, that I'm in Jesus, first of all, right? To be a Christian, Galatians 2, 19 and 20, it says, uh, I no longer live, Jesus Christ lives inside of me. So by being a Christian, it doesn't just mean that I go to Mass on Sunday, that I follow the commandments, but it means that I have, as I said already, that I have surrendered myself so much to Jesus that I no longer live, that Jesus Christ lives inside of me. So that's the first question we got to ask ourselves. Do we truly know that we no longer live? That Jesus Christ lives inside of us. And again, what does that make us, right? So if, again, to, to do what I talked about uh, last night. So my tweet last night, so my tweet this morning was, we have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ, then he brought him to Jesus. So this is John 141, I'm sorry, I said 140. Have I brought anyone to Jesus? Today is a great day to get started, Okay. But last night, it says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells inside of you? This is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. This is not just, this is not a theological theory. If you are a Christian, this is a spiritual reality. God lives in you. You have nothing to fear. Huh? So that that got to be where we, the, the, the way that looks, is what does that look like that God lives in me? That looks like that I focus more on God in me than me in me, right? That I look at uh, the Jesus Christ, the God of the universe who paid the penalty for my sins and decided when I was baptized to take up residence with me, inside of me. Again, it says in John's gospel, later on about uh, not only that, but the Father will live in you, and we do it by the Holy Spirit, so we end up with God living inside of us. But again, when we focus on ourselves, we don't focus on the reality of God inside of us and wanting to bring people to this reality. We focus usually on, you know, I'm just a sinner, I'm no good, da-da-da-da-da. And which is true, right? 
It's true for me. It's true for you. But we're not just a sinner. We are a beloved child of God. We are people where God lives inside of us, where we are the temple of God. And you see, when I can stop constantly thinking about myself, then I'm much more open to showing people and bringing people to Jesus. Huh? They, we need to be living our lives in such a way that when people look inside our eyes, they don't no longer just see us. They see Jesus living inside of us. Now again, Jesus is many faceted his personality and all of us will show a different side of Jesus. But we gotta show people Jesus. If you heard me say before, the one question that people ask you and me every day sir or ma'am, I would like to see Jesus. And our job is to show the world Jesus. Not us, not our opinions, not about who should be the Pope or who shouldn't be the Pope, who's living this life well and who's not living this life well, because it's all pushing us and our agenda. We should have one agenda, Jesus Christ, his agenda, the Father's will, bringing people to that. If we, how, does, how do we expect the world to come to know Jesus Christ when we're fighting with each other? over whether the Pope's a good Pope or a bad Pope. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time, a waste of time. People are dying and going to hell because we are fighting with each other instead of bringing people to Jesus Christ. We gotta repent and say, I exist to bring people to Jesus, not myself, not my opinion. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is where we all gotta start going. So let's make that our year, new, new year resolution, the spiritual life, that what I'm gonna start doing is not wasting my time on things that aren't gonna change anybody. I'm just gonna keep introducing people to Jesus, period. And then let Jesus lead them, let Jesus guide them. huh? Um, and again, I always get uh, hyper over all these different things because I'm always afraid that people are going and taking all of us in wrong directions. And the problem is people follow them. And they think this is what it is to be a follower of Jesus. Let Jesus tell us what it is. So we got to spend time with him. So again, we have surrendered our lives to him. And then what that means is that you and I are doing more listening to Jesus than anything else, and that's called prayer. And that when we're listening to Jesus, we're spending time in his word. We're getting wrinkly in his word. You ever spend a long, it's been a long time since I took a bath. Many, 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 many years. Anyway, but remember when you were a kid, or some of you might take baths now, and the longer you're in the bath, you get wrinkly. You know, all this, your fingers get wrinkly, you get all wrinkly, you know? And that's what we need to be in the Word. We immerse ourselves so much in the Word, we get wrinkly. And those wrinkles will show people Jesus, huh? But we need to make sure that we listen to the whole of Scripture, not just certain parts. So sometimes Jesus was gentle, sometimes Jesus was hard. But again, you have to always think about, well, who is Jesus hard on? Always. He was always hard on the people that thought they were holy. Ah, the Pharisees. He was always hard on them. 
but he was so, 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 so merciful to the people that everybody rejected as sinners. Always. So again, if I'm spending time with Jesus, I'm becoming like Jesus. And the Jesus of the Gospels, not just the... You know, sometimes people have this whole theology of Jesus into the future, um, but they forget the Jesus of humility of the Gospels, the Mary of humility in the Gospels. Uh, We need to get there. And that's where we all need to start. So, if I want to bring people to Jesus, I got to be sure that, first of all, I am in Jesus myself, that he has taken over my life and that he lives inside of me, and I have given him the first place in my life of lordship. And then I live a life of prayer so I can be listening to him, so I can be his instrument of salvation, so I can bring others to him inside of me, but not just inside of me, of course, into the Eucharist, into the church, into all these things. But again, we need to, if God is love and Jesus is the incarnation of love, then we need to be love again. But being a person of love doesn't mean we tiptoe through the tulips and we're always gentle. Jesus was not always gentle, even though he says, come to me, all you who labor, and I am meek and humble of heart. He was meek, and he was humble of heart, and he wasn't always gentle. (laughs) Of course, with the Pharisees and different things, he could be very, 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 very strong. As I've said, a lot of people in a lot of churches today would not accept Jesus Christ. If he came in and revealed himself, it's like, oh, I don't think I like him. He's telling me I have to give my money away, take care of the poor. You know, no one can be my disciple unless you deny your very self, pick up your cross, right? The person that says, you know, I've done all these things. I follow the commandments. What do you want me to do? I want to be perfect. Oh, go sell all you have and give it to the poor. Oh, I don't want to hear from that type of Jesus. No, because the type of Jesus I want to follow or the type of Jesus that gives me all I want that makes my uh, political party the number one party in the United States that makes us right and everybody else wrong. I don't think that's the way Jesus lived his life. But it's the way a lot of people are living their lives and saying that they're followers of Jesus. So we got to do deeper, deeper, deeper. So the first thing about bringing people to Jesus, sorry, is that we got to make sure that we have spent time with him, that we're people of prayer, that we're immersed in his word, and we have the mindset of God. And that he lives inside of me, and he's in control of every part of my life. So I got to deal with that reality. The second thing that has to happen is that I got to start praying for people, not judging people. Now, very hard, because usually... I'm always, the first thing I'm doing is judging. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm, listen, every time I talk, I'm talking to me first. Just so you know, that's the reality. So, um, but you should have a prayer list of everybody that you know uh, that don't know Christ and you pray for them. Huh? As I've talked about before, when we pray for people, we become a spiritual magnifying glass and the grace of God, it's only God's grace that can change anyone. Not my opinion, not your opinion. Only the grace of God can change anyone. So I have to be an instrument of God's grace. You know, God will do the judging all by himself. Don't you worry. If God, you think that, oh, something, someone's going to get away with something, are you really serious? Do you really believe in the lordship of God? God will deal with everybody, including you and including me. There's no hiding from God. 
period. Everyone will get what's due if they don't repent. Very simple. So we can leave the judgment of God to God. God again waits to the end of our life to judge people. We could at least do the same. So let's lay the judgment to the side. Now, it doesn't mean we can't say what's right and what's wrong. We can do that. Uh, And then we have to always do it humbly, though, because we might not know the fullness of the situation. We might not know what's in someone's heart. Again, even when we talk about committing uh, mortal sin, a serious matter, full knowledge, full consent of the will. And, <coughs> and so, as I've talked about before, we can tell people they have done a serious sin, but we don't know if it's mortal for them because we don't know what's going on in their heart, right? That's a teaching of the church. And when we go back to the teaching of the church, all this becomes more and more clear, but it's not used as a weapon. We... Jesus came to set us free. Whenever we use the teaching of the church as a weapon, it's not the way Jesus did it. So if it's not the way Jesus did it, why is it the way we do it? So we need to be praying people, especially for those who are far from God, who are not living God's will, who are in sin. And our prayers can bring the grace of God and set them on fire. Huh? So we got to be living uh, in an intimacy with Jesus. We got to be praying for the people that we disagree with, that we hate. You know, again, um, God said the way Jesus dealt with things is love your enemies. Don't persecute them. Don't fight them. Don't come back at them because they hit you first. That ain't what Jesus said. In fact, when he says when someone slaps, I hate this verse, as a matter of fact, when someone slaps you on the left cheek, turn and give them the right or the other way around. I don't know. But that's like, oh, I don't want to hear this type stuff but it's the way of Christ. Is this the way I'm living? So am I praying for people? There isn't one person Jesus didn't look into their eyes and love them and wanted them to know his father and accept him as their savior, not one. But he dealt with the Pharisees different normally because he loved them and that was the only way they were going to hear him. So (sighs) am I praying for people? The second thing to show people Jesus is I got to love people into the faith. And to love people into the faith means exactly that. That means I got to meet them where they are. Huh? And to meet people where they are, I think is something we struggle with. Like uh, one of my spiritual directees uh, came in and was talking about, you know, young adult ministry and um you know, to me, like, like right now, Seek's going on. I'm not there because I'm too old. You know, a lot of the people, you know, I, I spoke uh, for their uh, adults once, however many years ago, but uh, some people, they think I'm too old to do this stuff. Anyway, that's okay. Um, but one of the kids who's up there now, and I says, what we got to do is we got to meet people where they're at. So if we have a, a young adult group, we just can't be sitting there and saying, okay, come and meet with Father tonight, and we're going to ask him questions. That's nice, but we're going to get these people who already know Jesus. Part of young adult ministry, and all youth ministry, whatever it is, has to be going to where these people are at, and then meeting them where they're at, so we can get them to Jesus, right? So, If you go to a place and uh, you say, okay, this night we're all going to meet at a bar and we're going to have a discussion, 
Okay, most uh, young adults will say, oh, okay, I can go to a bar. And some holy, holy people say, oh, no, we don't go to bars. Are you kidding me? You go wherever the people are to bring them to Jesus. Jesus ate and drank with sinners. Again, the mindset of how did Jesus do it? Is this the way I do it? So he met and was with them. He never became a sinner. And you can go to a bar without drinking or getting drunk. But if you're going to meet them where they're at, that's where they are. So can I go there? Can I love them where they are, not where they're supposed to be? And can I bring them to Jesus? Isn't that the way Jesus did it? So do we think we can do anything else than what Jesus did? So no one, as I've heard me say a thousand times, will ever come to the faith because of our judgment. We have set up walls in our spiritual life, in the physical life, in the world. We should be setting up bridges. We should be the most unselfish people there are. When it's always about how is this going to affect me, is this going to make my life worse or better, again, Where is that in Christianity when Jesus says, you can't be my disciple unless you're denying yourself, picking up your cross and following me? So we got to be focused on this. Are we truly followers of Jesus? Am I loving people, even my enemies? So am I praying for them? Am I loving them? And then the last part, as I've talked about this before, but to bring people to Jesus means that we witness to them about what Jesus has done for me and how Jesus has set me free from self-hatred, from sin, from selfishness, from my pride, my arrogance, from my thinking of me all the time, whatever it is. We should be able to say that Jesus has set me free and he wants to do the same for you. But again, too often, we tell people how they should be living when, first of all, we're not living it ourselves. And second of all, they can't do it without grace. And so if we preach conversion without grace, it's abusing people spiritually because they can't change without grace and so we got to be speaking about grace in my life and how grace can change them you know when jesus called people to repentance he calls them to believe the good news and the good news is god left heaven and became a man and died for us to set us free from our slavery to sin this is who god is Is this what I'm proclaiming? Is this who I'm inviting people to know Jesus? Is is this part of uh, the way I'm living my life? And again, people, I'm not saying I'm doing this perfectly in any way, shape, or form. Just ask the people around me. But I am saying this is the call from Jesus. And this is where where we got to be going where we got to be um, focusing on, what we're, what we're striving for every day. Because people are dying around us and they're not hearing the gospel. 
They're hearing people's interpretation of the gospel. They're hearing the judgment of God. They're hearing all this stuff when they need to know the love of God so they can repent. We got to be bringing God's mercy to the world so that the world can repent. Again, and repentance isn't just stopping sinning. Repentance is surrendering your life to God that you no longer live, that Jesus Christ lives inside of you. So it's Jesus then who stops you from sinning. It's Jesus then that comes into your heart and takes control of your life. But too many people are preaching the conversion without Jesus. That they, they, they put Christ's love as condition. First you stop sinning, and then God will love you. And that is not the gospel. The gospel is God so loved the world that he gave his only son that anyone who believes in him shall not die but have everlasting life. The gospel is the next line. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save it. That's the gospel. That's what we got to be preaching. So we're living it. We're immersed in it. We're caught up into his word. I know Jesus. I'm spending time with Jesus. I'm knowing his love. I'm knowing his mercy. In my own life, he has set me free from my sins, not just in confession and not just so I can go sin some more next week, but a true conversion. My life has changed. It's repented. It's done with sin. I'm now living in the grace of God because of his grace, not because of our power and our intellect and our trying harder. It's all by God, 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 Jesus, 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 Jesus. It's all him, it's all him, it's all him. Then I want to bring other people to Jesus and I pray for them, I love them, and I invite them through testifying and witnessing what God has done. And I just bring them to Jesus and Jesus will do the rest. I just want us to start this year in a way that we set the year right. We set it in Jesus. We set it in his mercy. We set it to make sure that I am a true follower of him, that I'm not wasting a moment of my life or this year in uh, judgment and condemnation. I'm just going to bring people to Jesus as best I can. Of course, we'll still judge. We'll still condemn. But more and more, the way Christ takes control of us, we'll do it less and less and less. And we'll know that that's not what God wants. No, it's just not what God wants. So this year, let us be like St. Andrew and let us bring people to Jesus so that they can live forever. You got it? You get it? Are you going to do it? Say, yes, Father! May each of you know his love today and forever. Ah, Aren't you excited? It's a new year. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. Okay, so let's go and have some live chat. We also, I haven't got to a lot of uh, these questions, so we're going to do some of these questions and that here, but let's get with those of you who are live with us first. Hi, Harry. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to all you. Dana, Derek, uh, blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. You got that right. Happy New Year, Diane. Thank you, Diane, for the the stuff this year, too. It was very, very, very nice. Very big surprise from you and your son. Thank you very much, Diane. Indeed so. 
Hello, Steve. Happy New Year. God is good. He sure is. Hello, Father and everyone. Happy New Year to you. I'm watching from California. I'm glad you're with us from California. I'm going to go to the colic for the circumcision of the Lord from the old. <laughs> That's too many words. Thanks, Harry. Uh, hello, Father Larry. Best be the whole year. Yep, from Belgium. Good to have you from Belgium here today, Tony. Um, the old Anglican Book of Common Prayer. Pope Benedict thought it was good. Of course, uh, prayer, anything that brings us to God is always good. As long as it's just the instrument, that the, the prayer is always entering us into intimacy with Jesus. Okay. Onsukta, thank you. Very good to have you. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton was an Episcopalian before converting and ultimately being canonized. Exactly correct, Harry. I have heard that everyone is given unique gifts from God, and I have been praying to discern what mine are, and have not been able to figure them out. How do we discover the gifts that God has given us? Well, I've been trying to do this with my parish, and <laughs> I did it all of our, uh, Advent, but I'd still, I don't think uh, half the people didn't listen because the people that uh, did give their gift to Jesus, they said, oh, I'm going to pray at the, doing a holy hour. You should be doing a holy hour anyway. That's not, uh, um, it's supposed to be in the building up the body. So the gifts that God has given you always have to do with what gifts does God give you to build up his body? So how does he call you to love? And how can you best do that? Huh? And again, it could be something as reading at the Mass or uh, being an instrument of God by bringing out uh, Holy Communion and giving out communion. Uh, or it could be singing in the choir. Or it can be reaching out to the poor. Or it can be um, uh, being an evangelist. Or it can be a greeter. Or it can be uh, fill in the blanks. But it's always about others, not just about you, and how this gift will help build up the body of Christ. Huh? even if it's a financial thing. So how can you help others grow, not to just have money for themselves, but to share that money with the poor? Huh? Um, again, what is it God has given me to love the body of Christ, to build up the body of Christ, to bring others into the intimacy? And if you pray the Holy Spirit, he'll, he's the one that gives the gifts, so he'll reveal that to you. And it takes time, so be patient. Um, blessed New Year. Thank you, Trevor. Julia Ryan, I just sent you a the thank you note. I'm in the midst of them now, and I love the gifts that you sent. I really love the blanket of me and Joe. It's fantastic, fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, thank you for praying for me, too. I sat there and said, I don't think I'm going to get to California in January. I might, but I don't think so. But again, I just if I do, of course, I will call you, but uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe, who knows? Things could uh, change. I need a break. I got a little bit of a break before Christmas, um, but I still need to start breathing again. Okay. The way you represent the sacrifice of the Mass, very moving. Also, I thought about sending you an army drill sergeant. <laughs> so you may start uh, talking in a highly motivated way. You can put it on. Uh, when I was taught at the all-boys school, I used to sit there, and when the freshmen would come in, I would say, gentlemen, I am your spiritual drill sergeant. For the next four years, uh, you might think I hate your guts, but I'll do everything in my power to get you to heaven. <laughs> I used to sit there and look like, whoa. Um, so again, I just think especially men need to be challenged. huh? Uh, men don't respect um, 
weakness. But again, that's why when Christ went to the cross, people see that as the ultimate weakness. But that was the ultimate strength. And we got to give that type of strength to the world. Not where we destroy, but that we're willing to die. Totally different strength. And that's the way Jesus teaches us. But there you go. Hi, Father Larry. I was just able to join 320. We'll go back and watch the beginning later. My dad is still at the nursing home rehabbing, and he's doing well. Good. I've been praying for him. Um, Christina, Jeremiah 17, 5 to 10. We all gave us, we all gave to start applying what the Lord says on Jeremiah. God help us follow your precious word. Be led by you and by not man. We got to be following not the Old Testament, but what God says in the New Testament. But the Old Testament can inform it. But if there's something in the Old Testament, like it says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, we need to follow that. No, we don't, because Jesus said, It used to be an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, love your enemies, huh? So we always, always got to put the Old Testament in the context of the New Testament. Always, always, always. Jesus goes beyond what the Old Testament said. So I always sit there and when people just talk about the Old Testament, I always sit there and say, well, maybe let's see what the New Testament says because one trumps the other correct? Yes. Father, how should we approach people about modesty of dress for church? I'm just happy that they're going to church to tell you the honest to goodness truth. But again, if we hit people with modesty in church, if they don't know Jesus, we could turn them aside. And so if I'm more concerned about my, the modesty happening in church than I am about their salvation, there's an issue there. So I got to be able to make sure that, first of all, they know Jesus. And then once they know Jesus, of course, they'll want to be modest. So they're not an instrument of uh, sin to other people. But we, we can't put the cart before the horse. We got to talk about the grace and the love of God first so that they can sit there and then not want to do that because we can shame them. Boy, trust me, I've done this a long time. I can shame people into anything, you know, and uh, usually doesn't work. It usually means they stay away and will not come back, and that's a problem, and that's the way I've turned many people away from God. Bridges versus walls is a dog whistle for most conservatives. Sad that is that way. Father, your homily, since, your homily since Christmas Eve have been absolutely on fire. <laughs> Thank you. You've gotten some more followers since I've been sharing the YouTube link. Well, thanks for doing that there, Bruce. We have been getting more followers by God's grace. Uh, um, I'm not so much concerned about followers, but I just want, hopefully, that we're getting people out there want to go out and start living this stuff as best we all can. Paul, main battle weapons this age of Jesus' face, faith copy on his words held in context. With love there, feeling pressure of stretched thin, but ends in becoming sticky felt. Yes, for all of us. But again, if I'm in prayer and I spend, that's where he can fill me back up. Um, uh, you know, again, Christmas was hard for me. Um, just hard because of all the deaths of the last year and a half. And, and the, but I could feel the grace of all you praying for me. And um, it's really been, like, again, starting to breathe again. I still have healing in that to do. But uh, the more that uh, Jesus, uh, I spend time with him, the more he fills me up with himself. And the more that, uh, you know, I was out of 
my discipline of waking up early and working out and uh, praying in the morning. I was still praying, of course, but not the discipline, but I'm back into that. And that really helps me when I get my life in discipline. Uh, and by God's grace, that happens, but it helps. Okay. Yes. Banking is much needed. Thank you, Father. I need this message. I've been praying for my girls to all come back to the sacraments. I've been talking to my grandchildren at church. That's next. Uh, keep loving them. I said via email, but repeating here, that I love that you have a passion to get excited when preaching. Lay people need the people. Good. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Father, for your explanation. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you for the message today. Thank you, Thomas. Great way to start the new year. Um. We now have holy water being offered, but no blood of Christ. Let's figure this out. I just stopped the blood of Christ at my parish because of all the people getting sick. Why? And the holy water I have is still, uh, you know, you still get it, but it's like uh, you put your hand under there and the holy water comes out. You get the body and blood of Christ every time you receive. Uh, this was already dealt with a trend. You know, so if you get the body, you're receiving the body and blood. If you're drinking the blood, you're receiving, because it's not pieces of Jesus. I'm not giving you a piece of Jesus, his dead body. I'm not giving you his blood. I am giving you the person of Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity. So whichever you receive is fine. So because some people we that are sick come up and take from the precious blood of Jesus, and then that passes on. Uh, people are getting sick, big sick. So I stopped it. And people are, oh, don't you have faith? Yes, I have faith, right? But faith isn't stupidity. So if you say, well, faith, God will take care of you, then you go up into a plane and you jump out with a parachute and say, I have faith. And you go and you're going to crash to the ground with your faith. God doesn't want us to be stupid. He gave us minds. So we stopped it until we can get through all this sickness stuff. But there's everybody is getting the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ 100%. So no one's being deprived of anything. Everybody gets Jesus, the fullness of his person. Again, it's not a piece of flesh that's dead. It's the resurrected Jesus. It's not a piece of or a, a drop of blood that's dead. It's the resurrected Jesus. So you get either or. So there you go. Okay. Okay. Yes. Those who like the Old Testament should count the number of times God talks about taking care of the poor. I bet it's in the hundred. It sure is. Father are not brown jerseys, not blasphemy in the church. Yeah, I tell people that all the time, but nobody listens. Yes, if we can bring to people to listen to you, that counts. It gets them begins them but they have to listen to you by the way you're living which is even better okay i'm actually happy cleveland is getting a little taste of the success it won't last long i know thank you for your explanation thank you yes thank you oh holy water last sunday father marriage absolutely drenched me at this well you you need it harry i'm sorry but he was trying to you know really get you good on purpose uh jeff uh most of us uh need to focus on what unites us not divides us you got it and that we can that's jesus always jesus always jesus always jesus always jesus okay let's get some questions here two questions on your video about jesus christ paid the penalty for my sin on tiktok so we're starting to reach more and more people on tiktok and again uh, some people say don't go to tiktok father because it's all bad uh i only go there like everything else most of uh, social media is bad uh 
But someone asked me preaching the light in the midst of the darkness. That's why I went to TikTok. So, and it gets a lot of pagans on TikTok, which is again why I want to be there. Uh, did Jesus die as man or God? He died as both. Now, again, uh, when Jesus was born, God was born in Mary. That's why we call Mary the mother of God. So Jesus died on the cross as God and man. But we have to remember that Jesus wasn't created inside of Mary. He always existed as the word of God. And so he pre-existed. And then when he, died, when he was born, he was born the man God inside of Mary. So God was born in Mary. And when he died, he died the man God. But God didn't cease to exist because God is eternal. So there's the, you just got to watch the way you say that. But because he was 100% God and 100% man, when he was born, he, born, he was born as God and he died as God. But he existed before and he existed after. Again, we're just talking about this mystery, you understand? But anyway, which prompted the second question. Where does it say that he was human and divine? Show me where Jesus himself claimed divinity. Well, that's an easy one. So we begin, and again, when I was in seminary, I doubt, I've talked about this before, but I doubted the divinity of Jesus. And I was already in seminary and I remember sitting there and I finally had the guts to ask my spiritual director, Father McCullough, and as I was with him, we're driving somewhere, and I says, uh, Mac, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, but I don't know if I believe he's God. <laughs> Once I came out of my mouth, I thought, <gasps> but he met me where I was, and it was so important that he did, because after, after um, he said, he just came right back with me at John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, okay? But that's said about him. But where does it say that Jesus himself said that about himself, huh? And here we go again. It's in John's Gospel because John starts with the divinity. And um, I want to make sure that uh, here, this is John chapter 8. And he talks about Abraham. Our father is Abraham. And he says, do, 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 do. Okay, in verse 58, John 8, verse 58. This is Jesus. And he says, Jesus said to them, amen, amen. So I'm really making a point here. Jesus is saying, pay attention. Before Abraham came to be, before Abraham existed, uh, 2,000 years before Jesus was here on earth, I am. The word I am is Yahweh. Huh? It's the word of God. And so here's Jesus explicitly claiming that before Abraham was, I am. I am God. Huh? So it's very explicit. I hope that helps you. I'm sure you're not going to be paying attention and uh, getting that, but I answered the question anyway. Okay. Father Larry, da, 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 you've helped me in my journey getting to know Christ. Good. I'm wondering what is being discussed and considered within a church about the parishioners returning to being offered the blood of Christ. Okay. I just talked about that. And that's from you, Cheryl. So you got, you're on here, and you see, you wrote the, the email, and I got that. So there you go. Okay. Again, from TikTok. Spiritual communion. What the hell does that really mean? <laughs> Could I be spiritually married to someone and would that make it valid? <laughs> I 
Our whole walk with God is a spiritual communion, if you will. Like, you can be spiritually united with your spouse when you're talking to them on the phone, but though you're not intimately physically with them. It's not the same reality as physical union in some ways. But like I said, when we talk about Jesus and we talk about the spiritual union, we're talking about the God who lives inside of us anyway. So when we take communion, Jesus is truly present in the Eucharist, but Jesus is also truly present in me. Why? Because you become what you eat. And so the moment we were baptized, God took up residency inside of us. And so the more we receive Jesus, the more we become like Jesus, the more we become Jesus, if you will. It's called the divinization of man. When divinity took on humanity, humanity took on divinity. And so when we are in Christ, we become divinized. We become more and more like God. Now, again, what does it mean to be like God? And people sit there and say, well, he has power and he can destroy people. God is love. Hmm? So the divinization of man is we become more and more love if we're truly allowing him to take control of our lives. Huh? Again, I doubt if you'll ever see that on TikTok, but I want to sit there and get there. There we go. Let's go some more here. Um, receiving divinity of Christ through soulful spiritual communions, bringing fullness of reception of a Christ body and blood up for grabs. Okay. He who sees uh, the son sees the father. You got that right. So let's continue on here. Hello, father. This is Ryan. Hi, Ryan. I went to see you in Lewiston, Maine, when you came to town. I love Lewiston. Uh, you're the only priest I've ever seen that shares a passion for Christ when you talk. Oh, there's lots of us out there. Uh, you not only educate me, but you motivate me to love and trust Jesus that I would, with my family members and my closest friends. I've been having a tough time lately, and I really need to be put my trust in the higher power. If you have any advice on how I can fully trust, I'd deeply appreciate it. Um, again, it happens in your prayer when you... Uh, like the, the saints used to say, what is this compared to eternity? That sometimes we get caught up all the stuff that's going on now instead of caught up in Jesus. So when you're getting anxious, when you're getting crazy, again, just to say, Jesus, I trust in you because now you're focusing on Jesus, not yourself. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. And uh, it'll help you keep you focused on Jesus and then he'll fill that trust up. Okay, from your video on how to pray a holy hour. During my adoration, I pray the holy face of Jesus' chaplet and a rosary. I then try to sit in the classroom of silence and just listen to God speak to me. But my mind goes a-wandering a thousand different directions. How can I quiet my mind? And how do I know it's God speaking to me? Uh, how do you decide what part of the Bible you'll read to begin the hour of prayer? You always pray the Holy Spirit and you open up the Word of God. But again, I would encourage you to st uh, start in silence. And do those prayers afterwards. Um, like even rosary, everything else. Start in silence. Start with the word of God. And then respond to that after he speaks to you. Um, and you'll know because his will brings peace. And his will is usually, as I talked about a couple weeks ago with the Blessed Mother, that uh, when she said yes, she was afraid before she said yes. And God's will is usually calling us to stretch and go beyond our boundaries where we're not in control anymore. So when Mary said, Fiat, let it be done to me as you say or as you will, she was being stretched. 
And so usually that's what God's doing us, and he's calling us usually to stretch in forgiveness and love, uh, taking care of the poor, doing all these things that, you know, uh, I sometimes sit there and uh, the devil gets me to focus on what people have done to me and how all this stuff, and I get, you know, like when I'm going to bed at night, it just, uh, the devil starts working on me. I tell him to go to hell. And then I start focusing on what God has done for me and all the things I can praise him for and to just say, Jesus, 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 to keep you focused on that. But always do more listening than you do talking in your holy hour. And again, spend time in the Word, spend time in the Word, spend time in the Word. Hi, Father Larry. What does it look like when you open your Bible and open certain pages? Mine keeps opening the center the same readings. Also, I highly recommend everyone to watch Nesphorius. It's a faith-based movie on how the evil one can mess with our thinking and we can choose sin. Can't recommend it enough. Uh, must see. I haven't seen it, so I can't say one way or the other about it. But um, I would sit there, and uh, if you find the same place, then keep going. Open it again, and, uh, and again, pray the Holy Spirit, and then just keep reading until God hits you with a two-by-four across the head. Not the first thing you fall on. Keep reading. Huh? Um, this morning, the first thing I kept reading, and it just really hit me, and I says, okay. And so, like, uh, yeah, like, and what I do is I put it in my, I have a little thing here in my apps, uh, and it's just my daily scriptures. So today was Thursday, January 4th, and it, my scripture was John 20, verse 18. I have seen the Lord. Huh? So it wasn't the first thing, but it was the one that like entered into me. Like I have to make sure that I am preaching from an experience of knowing Jesus and not just about Jesus. It's very important, all of us. That's why it's so important that we pray and we're listening to God every day. Okay. And you got a few more here, so let's go with this and we can come back to this stuff next week because I gotta get out of here. Um there were three three earthquakes this week in Maryland, New York, on Tuesday in New Hampshire on Wednesday. Is this the beginning of the end? Promises, promises. <laughs> if it was the end, thanks be to God uh, that we all get to go home. But again, that shouldn't scare anybody. You know, if if you are in the will of God, if you are praying, if you're seeking his will every day, and again, uh, like someone asked uh, that story, it's in my surrender book. Uh, it opens up one of the chapters, but it's the story of St. Francis, and he's out hoeing his garden, and someone comes up to him and says, Francis, um, what if you were told you were going to die in an hour? What would you do? And he said, I'd keep hoeing my garden. Why? Because he was doing God's will. If we are all doing God's will, we don't have to be afraid of anything. You got that? We don't have to be afraid of anything. Michelle, hi, Father Kin. How can we still be loving when we put boundaries with people who hurt us and still bring Jesus to them? Again, I think we can do that by praying for them um, and telling them that we love them. It doesn't mean, like let's say someone's abused you. You don't let them keep abusing you but you can still love them and you can still pray for them. Huh? Uh, but that doesn't mean you let them in your life and you let them continue to hurt you. Sometimes we must love people from afar if they're hurting us. Um, unless you can, like, uh, like I always 
I'll never forget when I was a kid and, and didn't know I ain't even going to go there. But the reality is you don't let people hurt you, but you can keep praying for their conversion. And uh, you can fast for them a lot of things that are very, very important, but you don't stay in relationships that people can continue to hurt you, okay? Okay, I got to get out of here. Today is a shrink day. Um, so, and then we have adoration tonight from 7 to 8. So it will be live streamed. And we're going to talk about uh, I make all things new tonight. Huh? What it is to be new in Jesus Christ. Uh, so, encourage you, no matter where you are, Harry, you... Uh, I think you'll be in bed, but <laughs> you can sit there. The rest of you, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time from 7 to 8, we will have, we will adore our Lord and our blessed God in the most blessed sacrament. So come and be with us. And God willing, we'll see you all next week. Know that I'm praying for you and I beg you to please pray for me that I will get out of the way and show people Jesus. Remember, I love you. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you, he who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. See you next week. <laughs>